0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Why don't you take your Bibles, meet me for a few minutes in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's honor the Lord and receive the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. I want to show you an amazing scripture. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you, and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And verse 11 says, and I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified the Lord will give you great prosperity. Now, think about that just for a moment. I want you to meditate on that throughout this week that God wants to give you great prosperity. Now, we know from verses 1 and 2 that the blessings are a result of obedience and we have full intent within our hearts to walk in obedience to the Lord and to his word praise God. But my friends, you must understand that God wants you to have great prosperity. Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's the amplified Bible. The NIV says the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity Please, right now, stop just for a moment and say, God wants me to have great prosperity. Now, for some of you, that could be a struggle, perhaps, maybe because of a religious background, even though you've been in the church, maybe you were mistaught, wrongly taught, and you were kind of washed with man-made religion that God wants you to be poor. But when you get into the Word of God and you find out what God said, Remember that God's will or God's word is his will expressed for you and I. Yes, God wants us to be obedient to him, and God wants you to have abundant prosperity. The New Living Translation, the Lord will give you prosperity. The ESV, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. The Berean Standard Bible, the Lord will make you prosper abundantly and on and on it goes. New American Standard Bible, which is considered to be the most literal translation, and the Lord will give you more than enough prosperity. Now you would have some that would begin the backpedal within the church and say, well, Pastor Stephen, that's the old covenant. That's just for perhaps the Jews, but in the new covenant, we know from Galatians chapter 3 that when you become a believer in Yeshua, Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus Christ, you are t- when you are in Christ, you are tied into the blessing that God put on the life of Abraham, and that same blessing is now on you in Christ and God wants you to have abundant prosperity. God wants you so blessed that you are in the overflow, and now you can be a great blessing to others as a witness for Jesus, not only in word, but also in acts of love and in gracious offerings that help to bring the lost into the kingdom of God. Praise God. Now, very quickly, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Because some would say, well, that's Old Testament, but the New Testament is even better. Verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you have to remember that this grace is multifaceted. There is the grace for the forgiveness of sins. But here in this context, which is talking about the giving and the receiving of an offering, my friends, this is the grace for abundant prosperity. Let's never take scripture out of context. And here some people, when they talk about, well, they tried to explain this verse by saying, this is referring to spiritual riches, but this is absolutely not what this is talking about. This is talking about the entire chapter is talking about money and the giving of an offering and how God wants you to have abundant prosperity for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you actually put this in context, which I want you to do, this is actually talking about financial grace. You could come out right out and say this is financial grace because that is what Paul is referring to in this context. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. When and where did he become poor? He became poor when he hung on that cross about 2,000 years ago, and he took the curse of sin and the breaking of the law upon himself. So every sin, every foul deed, every wicked thing that man had ever done would be doing at that time or would do in the future, such as the day in which we live, all of that at one time was put on Jesus, including the curse of the law of poverty. You have to understand that my poverty, your poverty, my lack, your insufficiency, all of that, which is a product of the curse, all of that was put on Jesus. And he not only bore our sins at Calvary on that cruel cross, but he also bore the curse of poverty, lack, insufficiency, self-reliance. He bore all of that upon himself. That's when he became poor that you through his poverty might become what some of you bless your hearts. You're afraid to say the next word. You can hardly believe your eyes that this is actually in the Bible, but there it is in the old Testament and in the new Testament, and it won't go away. God's word is eternal. God's word is forever. Why don't you receive it? And invite the blessing of God into your life. Amen. That you through his poverty might become rich. I stand here unapologetically behind this pulpit today. And I say on the authority of scripture that God wants you to be rich. God wants you to have abundant prosperity. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, are you a prosperity preacher? I am. I am an an anti-poverty preacher. In other words, I'm against poverty. I'm against every form of insufficiency and lack. God wants you to be in the overflow because that is expressed clearly throughout the Word of God. Mm, Praise God. And that's God's will for your life. So we're going to receive the tithes into the storehouse. Tithe. The tithe is 10% of your earnings, okay? We're going to bring the tithe into the storehouse of the Lord. And my friends, we're also preparing our hearts for our very special Passover Resurrection Sunday offering on April the 9th. We celebrate Resurrection Day. For many, they know it is Easter Sunday. We know it is Passover Resurrection Day. We celebrate that day as being when God gave His best. God gave His one and only Son. And so, on this day, we want to rejoice in the Lord and give our best. We want to give our best offering to the Lord. And Passover is one of the three feasts where God says, don't come before me, empty handed, bring an offering. And this is when we bring our very best offering. Praise God. I want you to pray about what the Lord would have you to do for your Passover Resurrection offering, and I want you to get it in between now and April the 9th. You can bring it in on that sacred day, Resurrection Day. See, pass, Passover is a feast day that is a festival on this great day in which we rejoice in Christ's victory over all the powers of darkness. Woo! Praise God. I tell you what, bring your seed in. Harvest responds to the seed and it responds to the soil, and it also responds to the season. You could have the best seed, and you could have really good soil, but if you go out and you sow it in the wrong season, such as in December or something like that, and the season's off, you're not going to get the results that you are looking for. So let's line these things up correctly. This is a window of blessing. This is a window of the miraculous And God is going to do miracles in your life. Praise God. And the Holy Spirit wants you to participate in a Passover resurrection offering. Husbands and wives, pray together and ask the Lord what He would have you to do. Praise the Lord. If you're single, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord Jesus what God Almighty would have you to do. And then honor the Lord and sow a seed. I know for many it will be a type of Alabaster uh, jar type experience where the alabaster box is broken and you give your very best to the Lord. So pray about it and do something special. You know, I was, um, uh, I I got a phone call some years back, and uh, so husband and wife, they had a, a, I wouldn't call it a disagreement because they were not upset at each other, but they could not get on the same page and they came and, uh, they, uh, they asked me a question. They sat down here in the church. Uh, and they said, uh, pastor Stephen, well, we have a question because we can't get on the same page together. I said, well, what's your question? They said, well, the Lord spoke to us to give an offering to a certain minister. I said, okay. And they told me the minister, I know him. He's a wonderful man of God doing a wonderful work. And the husband said, I believe, uh, cause he, first picked up the leading that God wanted them to do something special. And he said, I believe that I'm supposed to, uh, that my wife and I, that we're supposed to give $5,000. And he said, I think the offering is supposed to be $5,000. And I looked at the wife and I said, well, what do you, what do you think it's supposed to be? Um, She said, well, the Lord has spoken to my heart that the offering is supposed to be $100,000. And now let me say this. The husband was a very godly man but he did not have what I would call an established prayer life. He was very intellectual. He was a brilliant man, but he did not have an established prayer life. So he's picking up on something, but his intellectualism is settling at something that would make his brain very comfortable. But his wife prayed all the time and she was, she was picking up in the spirit Actually, what they were supposed to do, and as soon as she said the 100K, I knew exactly that's what they were supposed to do. I said, "Well, the Lord would want you to give the 100,000 dollar offering," and he he said, "Yes, okay, that's what we'll do." And she was happy to, of course. And they sold it. And um, hey, that's a wonderful thing to do. But come together and do whatever the Lord would have you to do. And you know, there there's a place just like there is in sports. Where you get strong, maybe you you've uh, bench pressed two hundred pounds, and uh, that doesn't do much for you anymore. Maybe that's now your warm up weight. Okay, but there's a place also in your faith walk with the Lord where you've given a hundred dollars, but maybe you've never given a thousand. So what you do is you stretch your faith and you break the alabaster jar and you trust God to take you to a new level as you sow to a new level. Maybe you've given a thousand, but you've never given 5,000, but you know what? The Lord will give it to you. You either already have it or the Lord will give it to you. And all you have to do is do what the Lord tells you to do. That's where the blessing is at. So I I would ask you to pray, but don't be surprised. Should the Lord tell you a number that would stretch you why? That's because God wants to take you into a level of advancement and promotion that that includes his power, his blessing and touch on your life. See, God can release favor and open a door for you that's beyond what even your your resume would say that you're qualified for, but God can give you favor, or God can give you solutions and answers. God can give you an idea. God can give you uh, your own business, and the next thing you know, you are you're going way beyond anything that you have currently known. So follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord will speak very clearly to you, and you're going to see the greatness of God's power in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. These are very serious times, uh, because while they are joyful times, we don't want to miss uh, kingdom opportunities, because I believe that three years from now, that God's blessing can be so heavy on your life that three years from now, you won't even be able to recognize uh, who you are compared to who you used to be. because God will have done such a work of increasing you that your life is radically different. And that's because of abundant prosperity. Praise the Lord. So, so for where you want to go. Okay. So for the special offering, if you want to uh, bring that in online, go to stephenbrooks.org. There is an orange box called Projects. You can click it and there is the, the box that says Passover Resurrection 2023 Offering. And you can click there and bring your offering in right there. Okay. Also, you can bring your tithes in by going to stephenbrooks.org and you can bring them in on, online. There's a red heart and it says give. You can click there, bring your tithe in. Now, for those of you that like to mail in your tithes and offerings, You can send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Okay, and they will arrive safely here. Praise God, because I think... I think our ministry is probably closer to the post office than just about any other place here. (laughs) I could take a a softball or baseball, and I could toss it. And the post office, as many of you know, is just right over there. Praise God. Amen. Only maybe uh, 40 yards away. Hallelujah. So we're blessed with that. Amen. And it is a super-duper busy post office. Amen. And we do our part to keep them humming along. Praise God. Now, let me pray for you so that God's abundant prosperity flows into your life. Father, I thank you for your people. Father, I thank you for Passover. I thank you for the mighty resurrection of Jesus, your son. You raised him from the dead through the power of your spirit. And Father, you established these feasts so that we can sow special seed And so that you can release special miracle blessings. Father, we thank you that you split the Red Sea and you delivered your people. And I thank you, Father, that you're still delivering your people. And I thank you that you're bringing your people completely out of debt with no vesture of debt, with no smoke on their clothing of debt. I thank you for great prosperity that not only will they be debt free, but they will also have the ability to help others maybe pay off a credit card debt or things along that line. Lord, we just give you praise for the overflow and we thank you for this Passover opportunity where we can be involved in the seed, the soil and the right right season, which is Passover resurrection. Father, we thank you that these feasts are eternal. They speak of Christ and that we can participate in this blessed opportunity. Father, I thank you that right now you're speaking to your people and we give you praise. Bless Your people, Father God, Deuteronomy 28, oh God, we thank you for verse 11. We thank you for abundant prosperity is our portion, your people walking in it. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen, amen, praise God. And thank you for your gracious giving to continue to move the ministry forward, going through the doors that God would open for us. and. I just thank you that everything, every life that's touched, every person saved, every believer built up and strengthened, hope and faith pumped into God's people. I tell you what, you have a portion of the inheritance of the rewards that come out of that. Praise God. We are the builders of God's kingdom. Where would the church be without God's gracious givers? Amen. Probably all standing under under a tree somewhere trying to get in out of the rain. But thank God that we can move forward with the cutting edge technology and uh, taking advantage of all of these resources to send the gospel around the world. Thank you again so much. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles and jump over to the book of Colossians. Woo! Colossians chapter 1. And today I want to talk about destroying demonic fortresses, tearing down strongholds and just demolishing them. Hallelujah. This is going to be fun. Um, if you've ever watched uh, like a big uh, excavator, you know, go and just demolish maybe a commercial building where they want to rebuild and or maybe a, an old home that it's just better to tear it down and build new And they bring in these giant excavators and they just tear and rip the whole thing apart and uh, smash it into little pieces and haul it off in giant dump trucks off to some landfill somewhere. Hallelujah. That's what's going to be going on today with anything in your mind that doesn't belong there. Mm -mm. So let's move some dirt. Let's move some debris today. Praise God. First, uh, excuse me, not first Colossians, but Colossians chapter one. Let's pray. Father, as we're jumping into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would shine bright today. Give us understanding of Jesus and his mighty power. We thank you for the defeat of Satan, and we thank you for freedom in our thoughts, in our thinking, in our decision making. We give you all of the praise. Thank you for clarity. In Jesus' name, amen amen. My friends, there are many that are out there today that have confused minds. There are many that are out there today that The enemy would speak to them through thoughts and suggestions, maybe evil or wicked dreams and nightmares and things like that. And people live lives where they mentally can even appear to be unstable, or maybe if they can even hide it, yet in their personal secret life, it's almost like they're in some form of a trauma. But God's Word tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind That's incredible to have a sound mind with all of the lunacy on the news. And see, people wouldn't watch the news if it was everything smooth and peaceful. But the news knows that fear uh, sells. And so they have to hype everything. They have to over exaggerate everything. They have to lie a whole lot. And uh, they have to make mountains out of molehills in order to stay on the air and pay all of their bills and things like that. But I tell you what, it puts people on edge that listen to these, uh, to these things. And even with what they say it never comes to pass, they just keep spitting it out. The talking heads just keep talking so much that it, it just blurs people. And they're like walking around uh, thinking the world is going to fall apart. Uh, but yet somehow it doesn't. And life keeps going. But God wants you to keep going in peace with a sound mind, not making crazy, irrational decisions, but cool and calculate it and relaxed and at peace praise the lord now colossians 1 verse 13 says that that god has delivered us from the power of darkness not that he's going to but that is a that as a believer he already has has his past tense this is something he's already done he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or moved us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So there's no question that as believers, we are out of the kingdom of darkness. We're no longer in it. We're now in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus, God's dear son. But you might think, well, pastor Stephen, if that's true, and I know it is because obviously the Bible says so, then why, why, do I have such a struggle with my mind being bombarded with thoughts that would try to that would try to present the idea that really we're all defeated? Maybe, maybe we should just try to have a hope to get out with the rapture or something like that. Maybe we should just maybe we should go hide away and live in the mountains. Why why do I have a defeated mentality? Let's talk further about that today. But first, Second Corinthians. Chapter 5 also gives further insight. 2 Corinthians 5 verse verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and as a believer, that's where you're at. If, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, Pastor Stephen, I know it's true. God says it is. He says it's true right there. But if everything's new and all this other stuff's passed away, why do I still have memories and thoughts like I'm going to fall back into stuff or like the devil's so strong? And why does temptation maybe seem to be so overpowering? Let's continue to dig. Colossians chapter 3. Let's go back to the book of Colossians just for a moment. Colossians chapter 3. Verse three, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You died. In other words, when you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus came in and gave you his eternal life. So your spirit was not renewed or refreshed. Your spirit was recreated. You were born again. You were born again. So it no longer is your spirit dead, but your spirit is is now alive. So it says for you died." That's when you went uh, from death to life through your uh, what we would call being born again salvation experience. So the old you, the old spirit uh, that you had died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, your new life. Now you may look the same. Maybe you got a few more wrinkles on you like I have since it's been a while since I got saved. Maybe you have a few gray hairs uh, like you didn't have before, but even still on the inside, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I I know it's true. There it is in the Bible written again by the Apostle Paul. But uh, what's going on with these outrageous thoughts and feelings I still have, even though I'm now saved. What's going on with these crazy urges that sometimes hit me? Mm, Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give a quote from one of the early church fathers. His name was was Tertullian. He was born in the year 160 A.D. And he died in the year 220. You know, those guys didn't live too long back then. So he made it, uh, looks like he made it to 60. Praise God. Well, this is what he said. He was, he was a very godly man. Now listen to this. He said, furthermore, we are instructed by our sacred books. How from certain angels who fell of their own free will, there sprang a more wicked demon brood condemned by God. Their great business is in the ruin of mankind. Accordingly, they inflict upon our bodies diseases and other grievous calamities. And by violent assaults, they hurry the soul into sudden and extraordinary excesses. By an influence equally obscure, demons breathe into the soul and rouse up its corruptions with furious passions and vile excesses. Mm, Praise God. We're going to talk about how these diabolical forces try to establish wrong modes of thinking in your mind. And if their thoughts and suggestions are not revealed by the word for the lies that they are, then what, what can happen is that a stronghold or a fortress, which is a wrong way of thinking can be established in someone's life, even in the life of a believer. Praise the Lord. So that's why you can be born again, saved, you're on your way to heaven, but the enemy could really be like be pounding you because of these thought influences that are hitting your mind. Now, let's take a look for a moment in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let me get some more hot tea in my system today. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. Now, this world is not referring to the mountains and the hills and the blue skies and the green grass. Uh, the world is referring to the world system that is under the influence of the prince of the power of the air or Satan as we know him. Satan has no authority over a believer Unless the believer yields access or authority to the devil. So we are not to be conformed to this world, to this fallen, sinful world system, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. My friends, as believers, you need to know how to work with the Holy Spirit concerning your mind. Um, You don't, when you know these things, you don't have to go to a psychiatrist, although there's a place for them and a psychologist, there's places for them where they can definitely help people. Okay. But when you know these things, you can go sit down on the blue couch with the Holy Spirit and He can counsel you, and He can work with you concerning thoughts, and just have your Bible with you. And I'm telling you, uh, you can come out of that, and it doesn't cost any money. You don't have to pay a a counselor or psychologist $500 an hour. You can come out of your own counseling session with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, where your mind has been renewed. Praise God. See, when we got saved, when we got born again, your spirit was recreated. But your body didn't, didn't change. If you had blue eyes before you got saved, afterwards you still got blue eyes. If you had brown hair, your hair color didn't change unless you went out and dyed it. Praise God. But, but neither did our minds become changed just because we became believers. What we have to do with our minds is we have to renew them. That in the Greek is the same word for renovate, which is just the same thing that you can do with an old home, or maybe uh, it needs a lot of TLC. Some believers, their mind needs a lot of TLC. Praise the Lord. So we are to renew our minds. My friends, one of the ways that the enemy causes believers so much trouble, and the reason why thoughts get through, like real negative thoughts, like you're worthless. Nobody loves you. You're never going to be a success in life. You'll never have prosperity. You'll never have healing in your body. One of the reasons the enemy is able to bombard and get through into the thinking of some believers is because whether they were unsaved or even perhaps if they were saved, but yet didn't know the ways of God, what happened is that you were raised in this world system and what you saw and what you heard and what you were taught or mistaught built the structure of your mind and your way of thinking as you know it today. And you know, one of the biggest influences for building uh, demonic strongholds in your mind, you know what it is? It's the public school system. Let me tell you right now, you sit parents, you send your kids off to Egypt. Okay. To be taught by those that don't know anything about God. They're passing out, you know, condoms and birth control pills to your kids. When they're in junior high, you send your kids off to Egypt. And then as a Christian parent, you're shocked. That suddenly, your kids start talking like an Egyptian. They start walking like an Egyptian. And you're thinking, what's happening to my kid? Well, what's happening is they're raising them the way they want to raise them at school. And they've got them for six or eight hours a day. Mm. So public school, let's say you're a Christian and you're a young person and you love God, but you just don't really know the authority you have in Christ. You're not, uh, maybe you're in a very nominal church. So you're, you're sent off by your parents who love you, of course, but you're sent off to a public school system. And uh, so you don't really have strength. So you're thrown into this mix. You're not like a Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. So you're thrown into this mix And the next thing you know, at school, you're surrounded by kids who, when they're young, they're already watching R rated movies, they're seeing horror movies that are extremely graphic and violent. You have other kids already, even in elementary school that are already in the porn and you have all of this. And so you, 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 you are thrown into this. And so the way they talk and the things they say, not just in the classroom, but out at recess and other places or in the locker room, this stuff starts to hit you. And when you don't really have a strong walk with the Lord, some of it starts getting through. And before you know it, you could start to think, well, I guess this is what everybody does. Yes, everybody in that system, that's what they do. And that's also why they have the problems they have. (laughs) And then, you know, I I talked to a, a wonderful minister friend of mine, and, you know, he's prosperous, but you have to be very careful how you use your prosperity. So he loved his granddaughter, but his children uh, you know, they're full grown adults. They did not have the financial strength to send their daughter who graduated from high school off to a uh, prestigious university, but he did. He had the money. So he said, Stephen, I covered the whole bill. He said, I paid four years for her higher education. And he said, Oh, brothers, did she ever get an education? She went she left high school, went off to college. When she left to go to college, she loved Jesus. She was on fire for God. Four years later, after he paid, now he's a spirit-filled believer, after he paid for her education at a prestigious university, she came out, he said, "He said she came out a flaming atheist, hating God, hating the church, hating Jesus, hating Christianity, had been indoctrinated and had her mind warped in four years. And he said, Stephen, I paid for it. He said, I paid. Paid for her corruption and her defilement. <sighs> watch out. Watch out. Amen. So again, don't be conformed to this fallen world system, its philosophies, its lies, its deceits. Wow. But instead, have your mind renewed. Have your mind renewed. Whoa! Praise the Lord. Amen. Lest strongholds be built. Praise God. Because if it's built, it can also be deconstructed or disassembled, torn down. And remember, it's a lie. These things that are demonic strongholds are lies that are presented in the arrogance of supposed truth. Mm-mm. So let's go to work today. Let's go to work today. You need to know how to work on your mind. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Don't you love the word of God, which is washing your mind right now, washing your mind right now. Hallelujah. Rub a dub a dub scrub a scrub a scrub. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Okay. So we have things that we're up against, but these opponents or adversaries that we're up against. Um, We don't have to fight them and put on boxing gloves. We don't have to put on kickboxing gear and do all that stuff. This is a spiritual battle and the battlefield is in your mind because the enemy is shooting arrows at you. Now you can block them with the shield of faith, but you have to remember that these flaming arrows that he's shooting at you, what are they? They're lies. He is shooting lies. Where is he shooting them at? at my, are, are you actually going around with a real shield trying to block something? Well, no, not unless you're maybe in an ancient battle or something like that. But this is a fight of faith. This is a spiritual battle. He is shooting thoughts Suggestions at you, at your mind, and he's trying to get them through to your mind, where you will entertain them, maybe think on them, uh, and and they are lies, but they are deceptive lies. Mm. But a lie is a lie, whether the person telling it has a PhD or whatever, or a high political status. If it is a lie, it is a lie. And the origin of that lie is Satan himself, who is the father of lies, who's been a murderer and a liar from the very beginning. Mm-mm. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay, so you don't have to get in the boxing match. Let me say this, with the devil also, you don't have to get in a shouting match. Authority is not demonstrated through more and more volume. Now there can be an element where there, there can be a punch to uh, what we're saying where there can be some volume to it, but we're not talking about trying to out scream the devil. That's that. That's not what moves him. It's knowing your authority and who you are in Christ is what moves him because Jesus has defeated him and we're going to enforce that defeat. But we don't have to do it by damaging our vocal cords. Aren't you glad? Praise the Lord. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So we have weapons, they're not of a physical nature, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Some translations say, fortresses. But my friends, these are fortresses in the mind of a person. They could be a fortress. Now watch this. They could be a fortress in the mind of a believer because the believer was listening to or watching wrong input. Maybe they're out there watching movies and they're watching uh, like R-rated movies and there's nudity and there's profanity. And of course, they've got to do a whole bunch of uh, blaspheming of God's name. It wouldn't be a rated R movie if they couldn't at least blaspheme God's name several times. So all of that garbage. So you have movies and then you have music and you have secular music and the the music could be beautiful. But remember, Satan loves to appear as an angel of light and the, the rhythm can be amazing. The beat could be fantastic. It could have a hook in a sense where it's a rhythm or, or a song that you, you, you kind of like. You like that artist? No, you have to have a good hook in the music or else it's not catchy. But the words could be satanic. They could be very sensual. They could be demonic. And that stuff, my friends, it'll build strongholds. It'll build a lie in, in your mind in the way that you think. Mm. And if you listen to that, the next thing you know, you can have a believer that wants to model his life after a gangster rapper, because that's the kind of music they're listening to. Mm. Wow. So you you need to know how to work with your mind. And when you discover a wrong thought that has formed so long because of it being tolerated or being allowed in that it has become a stronghold, you you need to know how to tear it down praise God. All right. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty and Godful pulling down strongholds. Thank you, Jesus. That's what we're doing. We're pulling down strongholds. And again, uh, many of us, you know, I, I, I got saved when I was a senior in high school and I got water baptized. But before that, I was raised in church and I, I loved God. I was in church all the time, but I didn't have a personal relationship with God. I was never born again. I just knew right from wrong. And I knew religious, you know, uh, do's and don'ts. Okay. But my growing up because of that, uh, there were certain strongholds that were built into my mind by the school system, uh, by the state system. I was raised in the poorest state in the nation. You, you can't, you can't, had that not affect you when you're in it and you don't know how to resist it. Okay. So I, we were in it and we were affected by it. And we were kind of like, almost like joined up with that system. Cause I grew up in Mississippi and um, you know, even where we lived years back, back then they didn't get, they didn't get paved roads until, you know, it wasn't that long back because when, when we grew up, there were no paved roads, just gravel roads. And most of the gravel was already wore away. It's just dirt roads. And so when you have poverty like that, when you, when you go to breakfast at school and they give you a little cinnamon roll and a little four ounces of, it's not even orange juice, it's like sugar water. You're like, Whoo, I'm glad I could get here so I could get some cinnamon rolls. And you hope maybe somebody else didn't eat there so that you could eat it. I tell you, it's weird stuff. When you're in school, when you're an elementary kid, and uh, I remember one time, uh, you know, because I'm in Mississippi, you know, uh, and so this big uh, black kid, he was, uh, it's like we're in fourth grade, but he he had the body and the growth of like somebody that was probably like in ninth grade, and he was taking somebody else's spaghetti that they didn't want off of their plate little cafeteria elementary school plate and he was putting spaghetti with the spaghetti sauce into his pocket I said hey what are you doing he's because he's putting spaghetti and spaghetti with the sauce all in his pocket he goes oh I said Stephen I'm so hungry all the time there's no food at all. we don't have any food we <laughs> are <They're> all hungry <laughs> living off government cheese government peanut butter you look these things hit you I don't know your background, I don't know what you were born into, but if you don't watch out and if you're not aware of it, strongholds can be formed in your mind, strongholds of poverty, strongholds of lack, strongholds of uh, fear, you're going to run out of money. And, uh, and then the next thing you know, you're living in fear and you're doing anything you can to pay bills, even if it's illegal or illicit because of pressure and stress. That's how Adam felt when he got kicked out of the garden. What are you going to do now? thorns and thistles popping up and things like that. Thank God for the revelation of the covenant that we can trust God and work with God on his terms and conditions. And God will take care of us. Even if there's famine, Doesn't matter. God will always provide. We serve Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. And he's alive. Amen. Proving himself every day to people around the world who love him and trust him and put their full reliance upon his word, not the state, not the government. Because your state, your government might run out of money. Mm -mm. And if your trust is in them and they're done, you're finished too. But God never runs out. His resources are inexhaustible. Mm -mm. He's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So God wants you to work with your mind and pull down any wrong ways of thinking that have become now a fortress in your mind. Remember, these fortresses, they are built on lies. Lies, lies, lies. And they can even get into the mind of a believer, if they are not stopped at the gate of the mind and said, No, you're not allowed in here because you're a lie. Mm-mm. Praise you, Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, whether it's atheism, socialism, Communism, Marxism, or any ism that comes against the truth of God's word, it's a lie. And what, what do we do? We cast it down. And of course, these are high things. These are often presented by the intellectuals. Who, and the intellectuals actually have no real life experience. They hide behind in so-called ivory castles or ivory colleges, and they have all of these theories that none of them work in real life but they want to push it over on you and run human experiments. And if millions of humans die, oh, well uh, they only died because we didn't get the experiment, right? We need to redo it. Try it again. No, we cast it down. We're staying with God and his kingdom and his ways and his principles, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is what you need to do with your mind. Stop and think for a moment in your kitchen or in your bathroom. Do you have a lavatory faucet? Do you have a faucet where you got the hot and the cold? Maybe in the kitchen, your, your thing just doesn't both at the same time. You can move it around and do both. Okay. Let's go to the bathroom. Uh, sometimes if you have a widespread faucet, you've got a hot and you have a cold. Uh, they'll let the water in. This is what you need to do. When the enemy is trying to send thoughts, suggestions to you that will cause fear, that will cause impure impulses, that would cause your flesh to be energized in a diabolical way, when the enemy is trying to flow that and you recognize that for what it is, and you you realize, hey, this is not my thought. I don't think like this. I love God. Where in the world is this coming from? It's coming from the kingdom of darkness. And it's not coming from God and it's not coming from you. You have the mind of Christ and you're like, where are these crazy thoughts coming from? Acknowledge the origin as being from the evil one and take the faucet and shut it off. Shut it off. Take every thought captive. Visually see a faucet in your mind and see yourself. Shut the faucet off and say, not one more of those thoughts is coming in. I shut it down right now in Jesus' name. Those thoughts are not coming into my mind. These are not my thoughts. These thoughts are not originating from God. I recognize this source as being satanic and as being a lie, and I reject it. Mmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought these thoughts that just hit my mind all the time for me to take a sharp object and cut myself and then cover it up so that nobody knows about it. But these things of cutting myself, I just thought that was me. No, that's Satan. It may not be Satan himself because he's got All of his minions that work underneath him that carry out his diabolical works, but it is coming from a satanic origin to cause you to harm yourself, hurt yourself, or see yourself below the image of where God has placed you at. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought uh, this, the, this, the, these thoughts that are making me just want to go out and uh, just kind of have a wild moment and I, I could repent later. Uh, uh, I, I thought these thoughts, maybe that was just something in me that's not good. That No, no, that's, that's the devil. That's the, and, and not only is it the devil, but if you were to yield to it and give into it, the same devil that suggested it would be right there. Soon as you've done the act saying, Oh, you dirty thing. You deserve to go to hell. You call yourself a Christian and look at what you've done. Why? That is the nature of Satan. Who is what? The accuser of the brethren. And you know, that's not coming from you. That's coming from the devil. That's coming from the devil. Now trying to pile condemnation on you. And then you're thinking, then you're thinking, Oh, Oh. And then the devil says, the only solution for you is suicide. Mm. Or the devil would say, you're not even worthy of this or that. You might as well just go crawl in a cave somewhere, pull the shades down and just go into your deep, dark depression. And the next thing you know, you've disappeared. We don't see you again for two more weeks. Where'd they go? Mm. Look, that's not you thinking that is the enemy sending these fiery darts that he's shooting at you and they are, des- they are designed as a lying scheme. They are designed to come in in a way where they're like, uh, he wants you to think that's you thinking that, but they're not, they're coming from an outside source. It is the enemy himself, deceptive liar, reject those thoughts, and shut the faucet off. Don't let them in. Don't think it for one moment. Take the thought captive and say it stops right here. It dies right here. That's not me. I recognize where that's coming from. And what happens? The stronghold, even if, you've, if it's been there, but now you realize that things have been built on a lie, the stronghold now will be dismantled and you'll be free. You'll be free. You'll be free. The truth will set you free. Yes. The truth that you know is what you set free. So you have to know it when you see, oh, that's a lie. That whole thing is built on the lie. Yep. Now you can stand against it and walk in the goodness of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter two. Let's move quickly. First Corinthians two verse 16 for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Christ. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, if we really do have the mind of Christ, and obviously we do because the Bible says that we do, then why? Why do I get hit with all of these crazy thoughts? Why do I get hit with these? Thoughts that would try to get me to go out and do something impulsive or wrong or bad or, or to cheat on my taxes or to tell a lie or to um, uh, uh, clock in like I worked eight hours when I really only worked five and a half. Why, why, why is this stuff still hit, hitting me all the time, my friends? It's because what you have to do is you have to wash your mind with the Word of God. As you do that, it exposes these lies. That would try to come from the outside to get to the inside. Okay. It exposes them, it lies. That way you can shut it off, shut it down, and not obey them, but instead do the right thing. Praise the Lord. It's like um, it's like doing a scan. Like your computer wants to do a scan for viruses. Maybe you have a um you have a software like on my uh, laptop. I have Norton antivirus. Maybe you have uh, McAfee or something like that or whatever it would be. There's a lot of different ones, but you let it scan your computer to get out, out of its hard drive and out of its systems, anything that could try to hermit or, uh, uh, harm it or hurt it. Praise God. And that's what the word does with your mind. The Holy Spirit does with your mind. You go sit down, have a little counseling session with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't cost any money. Take your Bible, a pen and a notepad and, uh, uh, and talk with the Holy Spirit about this particular thought that's hitting you. And it's shocking when the Holy Spirit reveals, um, those thoughts aren't coming from me. Those thoughts are not originating in your mind. Those thoughts are coming from the enemy and you need to shut it off. Well, I just thought that was me. No, it's not you. It's the enemy trying to shoot it to you. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory. There's an invisible realm around us trying to influence us, but we govern our lives, not by that, but by the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. Now Satan stood up against Israel, and moved David to number Israel. David, after all of his victories of trusting in the Lord, David, after being a man after God's own heart, David never bowed down to an idol and worshipped it. David, he loved the Lord, even with all of the mistakes, he loved the Lord. But Satan realizes, I'm going to have to try to get him another way. And Satan stood up against Israel and moved David. How did he do that? He moved David to number Israel. Did did Satan appear before David? Poof! And he's got red horns and a big red tail. And Satan says, David, I tell you what, I got an idea. Hey, I want you to go out and number Israel. No, that's not going to work. He did not talk to David. He did not uh, have access to or or permission to do something like that. But, He could continue the function as the deceiver that he is. And he whispered a very strong thought to David and David gave into it and yielded to it. And that thought registered in him. And he decided to do it even though it was crazy and he knew it was wrong. He knew that his trust and the trust of Israel as a nation was not to be in their military strength or how many soldiers they've got that are capable of fighting. He knew don't, don't even number the troops. So David said, to Joab and to the leaders of the people, go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. My friends, I've got to ask you a question. Some of these thoughts that hit you real strong. What is the origin of them? Well, I guess that's originating from me, Pastor Stephen. You need to submit that thought to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit, because it could be something on the evil one on the outside trying to trying to ensnare you into something that would cause great harm in your life, maybe also in the lives of others. And Joab answered in verse three. Now, now remember, Joab's about to give his spill on this. He's going to give his opinion. Joab was never known in the Bible as somebody being spiritual. And again, when you've got a general, an army leader, you kind of need somebody. Maybe that's a little bit rough around the edges, and he certainly was that guy. But even Joab picked up immediately how wrong this was. And Joab answered, May the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are. But my Lord, the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then does my Lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Joab was so put off by this lunatic request, he didn't even actually do the full census count that David wanted. Did you know that God sent as punishment to David and to the nation of Israel for what David did by yielding to that wrong thought that Satan shot to him, 70,000 Israelites were killed. And David cried out, God, I, I'm the one that did it. Lord, let the judgment be on me. But because he's the king and he's in, thor- in authority, it, it began to come over the whole nation. Wow. We need to pray for our leaders. Why? Because Satan, that's who he's going to go trim- after primarily with a thought. And he's going to try to bombard them with a the thought. And the thought, you may think, well, th- uh, you know, this may stabilize us, or this might get us through the current moment, but woo, when it's not in agreement with the Word, and it's contrary to the Word, it can be a killer thought if acted upon. So any thought that is not in agreement with the knowledge of God, which includes God's, the knowledge of God's Word, we reject it and shut it down right at the spot. We turn that faucet completely off. It's not coming through, not a drop. Mm -mm. we put the shield of faith up and we block them all. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. These are deceptive thoughts, thoughts that would come to you like, I'm not smart. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. Nobody likes me. I I guess I just don't fit in. I have a unique temptation that nobody else is aware of. Uh, The Bible says there is no temptation that's, you know, not common to everybody. Everybody is human, deals with the same things. Satan wants to isolate you and and, uh, get you over into a, a place where you're alone, and then he could put more hurt on you. But we're not going to allow these things to happen. And in the natural, because this is a spiritual battle, in the natural, sometimes God's people go and they try to get help. And they're, they giving it wrong advice, maybe because the counselor, the psychiatrist, the psychologist, maybe they're not spirit filled and they have no clue about the invisible spirit realm. So they, maybe you tell them, Hey, I'm hearing some voices or I'm getting these real strong thoughts to go out and to rob a bank. Uh, and they'll, they'll say, well, Uh, we're going to diagnose you as being bipolar. We know you really don't want to do that. Something must be wrong with your mind. We're going to write you off as being bipolar and we're going to put you on heavy meds. Mm. And they can't, they can't discern because they don't know the word that, that, that thought to go out and do that crazy thing is originating from a filthy devil. Hmm. Maybe you're told that you have a chemical imbalance in your mind. Maybe they're, they tell you, well, uh, you have some hormonal problems. You're going through changes, and this is affecting your mind. And they're doing the best they can, but it's an area in the spirit they can't touch because they can only work in the mental realm, and they don't understand the, the spirit realm that these thoughts coming to you are not you. They're on the outside coming to you trying to hit your mind and you could shut them down, praise God, when you realize they are satanic in origin, praise God. Anytime you get a crazy thought, something crazy that would just like pop in, anytime you get a crazy thought, stop right then and say, where did this thought come from? Remember, allow the Holy Spirit to work with you with your mind. Where did this thought come from? Well, it didn't come from being inspired by the Bible because the Bible would never suggest doing something like that. So it didn't come from God. It didn't come from you because you love God and all you want to do is serve God. You want to do something crazy like that. So where did it come from? There's only one other source. It came from an agent on the dark side, an evil spirit, a demon trying to give a suggestive thought to you. Praise the Lord. Identify the source. And then put your foot down and say, no, Satan, you are a defeated foe. You don't ever tell me what to do. I serve the Lord and the Lord God only praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Very quickly, Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians uh, 6. Let's move over to verse 10. Somebody's getting free. Right now, maybe you were raised in a family. Maybe your parents said you'll never amount to anything. The only reason they're saying that is because they were being influenced by demons. Maybe they said, you're dumb, you're stupid. The only reason they said that was because maybe demons spoke through or influenced somebody to say it to them. And now they have strongholds in their mind. And now the pain and the misery they have, they're now inflicting that upon others, even if it's their own children or their own pets or their own loved ones. Why do they do that? There's a stronghold up there and that's why they can't see it. It's a deception. And the only thing that exposes it is the light of God's word, revealing it for the blatant lie that it is. And then when the light is now there, now you can just tear the whole thing apart because you realize it's, it's a lie and it loses all of its strength. Mm. See, Satan goes about like a roaring lion He is not, in a sense, a lion, but he likes to give this impression or or a persona that he is. But the truth is, is that Jesus whipped him completely at Calvary, stripped him of all of his authority against any believer, against anybody in Christ, and he has been defanged. He cannot hurt you. The only thing that would give him access is sin, whether it's willful. Or even if you do something that's wrong, even if you didn't know it, that would give him an opportunity to come in. But we are closing every door in the area of disobedience. We are walking in the light of God's Word, and the enemy may have certain intentions, but he will never be able to carry them out because our lives are hidden with Christ in God, and he can't get to us. He can't get his hand on you. Now, he will try to make things challenging, but We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. What is a conqueror? A conqueror is somebody that you would meet on the battlefield that has the same size as you, the same strength as you, maybe the same weapon as you. And you go up against that person evenly matched, and you come out, you're the conqueror. But to be more than a conqueror is to go up against a giant who maybe has more strength, maybe more speed, maybe a more advanced weapon, and you engage in combat, and you come out the winner still. That's because in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. And Jesus completely defeated Satan and all of the forces of darkness through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Praise God. And so, therefore, we stand upon the finished work of the cross, and we enforce the devil's defeat. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the strategies, the schemes of the devil. How do you put on this armor? You put on this armor by having a close walk with God, daily devotion with the Lord. And in that time with the Lord of the glory and the presence, your time spent with God, that armor just supernaturally comes on you. It's not like you've got to like kind of every day say, well, let me, let me, uh, okay, I'm going to put on a helmet. Okay, let me put a belt on and let's put some shoes of, uh, of peace on my feet. No, when you're, you don't have to do it like that. When you're with the Lord, you are being enclosed with the garments of the Lord, with that power and that strength. And you are in a protected state. Praise God. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Truth is one of the biggest things. Because if you have truth, then what you will say is when the enemy presents a thought you will say that thoughts, not of God. That's a lie. I don't receive that. Well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says this and you just lied. You just lied. So whether the person's a college professor or whether the person uh, is a politician or whatever it might be, it's either true or it's a lie. Praise God. But you have the belt of truth on. What does that do? It pre- it prevents any kind of thought ever getting into you that would build a stronghold or a fortress. Against God's knowledge. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Gird it your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing who you are in the Lord, and having shod your feet with with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You're in peace, and you're ready to share peace with those who don't have it, who don't have Jesus. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the more of the knowledge of God's Word, I call it the working knowledge of God's Word that you have in you, the stronger and the bigger that shield of faith is. To quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Those are the lies presented as impure thoughts that would be sent and launched as missiles against your mind. You can block every single one of them. And take the helmet of salvation. Sometimes I see motorcycle riders out with no helmet. Even if, the, even if there are certain states that do not require you to wear a helmet, any, mo, any guy or gal riding the motorcycle with no helmet, you're playing with your life. Motorcycles can be dangerous as they are, but to be riding around with no helmet is crazy. But to be a, to be a Christian and to not have that helmet of salvation on with a reality of that understanding, then uh, that's when darts can get through. So you want to wear your helmet, okay? Uh, your kingdom walk is like a contact sport in football. You need to wear a helmet, uh, even with the helmets and those things, we already know CTE head trauma, stuff like that. But in the kingdom, the helmet of salvation, yes, you're born again, but you continually wear wear that helmet, lest the devil can try to condemn you. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, and we know what Jesus has done for us. If we ever make a mistake or sin, we just say, Jesus, I missed it. I repent. Please forgive me. And the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. Praise God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Of course, that is, that is an active offensive weapon. And the thing about the word of God that is in the Greek, it's the rhema of God. And that, denotes that you would speak the word that is a word that you would proclaim. So you speak God's word or that living scripture that shreds the enemy, the pieces and cuts the lie down. I mean, you literally say according to God's word and you quote that word, this is a lie. I will not do this. I will not entertain this thought for a moment. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And the, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then, of course, we continue in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, lift your hands right now. God is protecting your mind. You have the mind of the anointed one, the oil of the spirit all over your mind. You have peace. God wants you to even have peace in your mind while you sleep. Praise the Lord. Amen. Tormenting thoughts are ending right now because you know where they're coming from. This is not you. It's certainly not God. This is the enemy. And we recognize them for the lies that they are. Lift your hands right now. Father, I pray for your people. Freedom from every lie of the enemy. Freedom from the lie of atheism. Freedom from the lie, the stupid lie of evolution. Father, you said in your word, the fool said in his heart, there is no God. Father, we thank you for freedom from lies through the revealed truth of your word. We rejoice in truth. Father, even as Pilate said, What is truth? And Father, that's an old sinner man who had no knowledge of your word. But Father, we know what truth is, embodied in Jesus and expressed through your word. We rejoice in the truth. We thank you for the belt of truth right now. We thank you for the shield of faith, of protecting our minds, the helmet of salvation, protecting our thoughts. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise. We thank you for peace. We give you praise. Father, I thank you for strengthening your people. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I thank you, Father, for your people calling out even the lies of the devil and saying, that's a lie. Now, Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. My friends, a lie, even if it's uh, elaborately, florally, twisted and presented, it's still a lie. It's still a lie. Sometimes like when you hear like, for example, like reports on our national debt or our, you know, our economy. Sometimes an administration can present it in a way where everything's fine. And then they use words that they they know that the common person doesn't understand. But it's all just a lie because they know there's a a problem. They know that there's inflation. They know this and that. But they use these words to cloak a lie. But anybody that knows exactly what they're saying by breaking down the vocabulary can say, oh, that's that's just a lie. (laughs) They're just exchanging words that nobody understands for words that would terrify people or would make people concerned if we actually told them the truth. So they just lie. Praise the Lord. But we want to know the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because we're not afraid of the truth. We're not afraid of the truth. Praise the Lord. God is moving right now. Glory to God. Because you can't fix anything when you're living in a lie. Hallelujah. You can only fix it and deal with it when you know the truth of it. Hallelujah. God is moving right now. God is setting people free right now. Some of you, you were told that you have no value. You, have, you were told that you have no talent. You were told that you can't succeed. All of that was lies from Satan who is afraid of who you really are in Jesus. And I see you're rising up. I see you like a lion rising up with the strength of Christ in you. Now, Father, I speak blessing over your people today in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to run from the devil's lies to, and you need to run to Jesus who is the only way to heaven. He's the only mediator between man and God. There's no other way. There's no other route. There's no other person. There's no other Savior. He's the only one. Run to him right now. Any other source or any other so-called pathway is a lie from Satan himself. If you want to go to heaven and you want to skip out on hell and the lake of fire, Jesus is the only way. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, but if you're watching, and you're also a backslidden Christian, and you got into sin, and I know why you got into it, you were deceived, you believed a lie, and you entertained it, and the devil lured you through a deception, and now you're in it, and now you're tangled up in it. He didn't tell you that if he got you over there, how hard it would be to come back, but you know what? You can walk out of that right now, and you will find that the blood of Jesus will set you free. And you can come back to the Lord, and he will forgive your sins, reestablish you, and continue your journey onward to heaven. Okay? I want you to pray this prayer also. All right. Let us now pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, step into my life right now and lead me and guide me from this day forward. I take you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your holy name I pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Did you notice the powerlessness of the devil to stop you from receiving Christ? Jesus has defeated him. He has no authority except to the person that gives it to him. Now he has authority over the unbelievers, but he has no authority over a child of God who's bought with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 God will give you all the grace that you need. God will give you all the strength that you need, all the health that you need, all the provision that you need. Keep serving him. He has given you a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the Lord Jesus snaps you back into your right mind right now. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let us lift our hands and thank Jesus for his great salvation and deliverance that he has made available to us. Jesus, we praise you and we thank you so much for saving us and keeping us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, my friends, let us take Holy Communion. If you are a Christian, you can take communion and you should be taking communion at least at least once a week. Amen. Pray if not more. All right, so grab some unleavened bread, which is a flat little wafer. Leaven represents sin, okay? So get a little cracker if you don't have one of these little wafers or get a pizza uh a matzo bread because that's flat without leaven. You can buy those at some grocery stores. So grab a little piece of unleavened bread, and let's get some grape juice going. Amen. And if you don't have grape juice, grab what you've got for now. If you don't have one of these, grab a little piece of bread. But let's take communion, and now let's pray. Father, we, bre- we bless the bread and the juice, and we now set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we receive truth. We receive every word that Jesus spoke, every word in the Bible as T-R-U-E. And Father God, we thank you for Jesus that he has never told one lie ever. Nor can he, for it's impossible, O God, for you to sin. O God, we give you praise. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus washing us, keeping us from all sin and shame. Thank you, Father God, for the blood of Jesus. That we are the righteousness of you, O God. And that's because we are in Christ. We thank you, Father God, for the breastplate of righteousness. We thank you, Father God, that we can lift our heads up and look at you face to face. Because Jesus has washed our sins away. Father, we forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We forgive anyone who has sinned against us. And we bless them. And we move on. With you. Now we thank you for your goodness upon our lives. We thank you that our minds belong to you. And Father, just as the high priest in the Old Testament had the crown, the mitre, and it said, Holiness unto the Lord. We thank you, Father God, that our minds belong to you and we wash them with your pure, holy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We just proclaim, and we say, we love the Bible. We love the Bible. Hallelujah. Let's drink the blood of Christ. Amen. Praise God. Run to the Lord. He is your strong tower and your fortress. Amen. And he's making your mind a fortress of his word. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. My friends, thank you for watching today. Thank you also for praying about your special offering for Passover Resurrection 2023. God is going to bless you in a very, very special, miraculous way. Amen. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you again real soon. Bye-bye.